What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cookers Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we explore faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today, I've got a fantastic episode planned for you. Sunday morning here, episode number 301. We're going to talk about seven characteristics of the biblical watchers. So you may have heard of these watchers, watcher angels um, depicted within the book of Enoch, as well as heavily depicted, uh, or what I would consider heavily depicted throughout the book of Genesis. I'm gonna read the scriptures today directly out of the sources for you, uh, kind of top seven scriptures here, as well as the top characteristics. Again, these are not what we've been told um especially if you are coming from more of a church tradition or a religious tradition this is not to step on any toes with that but really to tie this to the greater mythologies of the anunnaki mythologies um, and understand enoch's angels as aliens that's one of the things i've been teaching and preaching for um well my whole career doing this for the all 301 episodes so far so um, I've been doing this for over a year now. Really, really blessed to be able to do this. Thank you guys for being here. Um, and so talking about Enoch's angels and aliens was one of the things that got me started doing this. And I wanted to continue that as we move into the fall. This is a great opportunity to explore that. So grab a cup of coffee. Happy Sunday morning. Skip church this morning if you must, but join the Cub Cooker Supernatural podcast. Love having you here. Everyone's welcome. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what the color of your skin is, race, religion, orientation. You are loved. You are welcome in our tribe. Um, you are allowed to ask questions. You're encouraged to ask questions. In fact, I'll teach you how to ask better questions. So, uh, Counting Elephants, how are you? Happy Sunday, Counting Elephants says. Goddess, welcome. Captain William, thanks for being here. Williams Eagle, good afternoon. Cub, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Moonbeam Helix, how are you? uh q1 how are you doing my friend and we've got people joining over on facebook youtube um all the places this morning molly how are you my friend molly says good day tribe how are you doing my friend greg welcome my friend thought i would do uh, a sunday stream i haven't done a sunday stream in a long time I'm trying to get back to my roots back to why i started this um i've done a lot of work this summer building infrastructure and all the back end stuff of um, our mission here, our tribe, our platform. Um, and so now it's time to really get back into why I started this. So um, Alan Cunning says, seems like we're in the end times. What do you see happening? Great question, my friend. We are going to talk about that today. And that actually ties in beautifully to talking about the watchers, because what I'm going to reveal today is my best understanding um, of how all this works. Angel Appleseed, what is up, my friend? How are you doing? Um, Susan, uh, Susie says, uh, th that is nice that you try to acknowledge everyone. Thank you. Absolutely. My friend. Um, I don't any, ever want anyone to feel, uh, left out here. I don't want ever, uh, I don't ever want anyone to feel like, um, they don't have representation within our tribe because they absolutely do. And that's one of the things that separates us here. I'm not here to tell you my perfect doctrine that you need to believe to be a true believer. I'm here to tell you how to find better questions because better questions lead you ultimately to the true answers, which um, I personally don't believe many people have really figured out, uh, including myself. I'm still on my great journey here, but I do think that through my ability to say, hey, I don't know, and I'm not threatened by what the answer may or may not be, uh, whether it threatens my religion, my identity, anything like that, um, I'm not worried about that. I just want to find truth and I want to find answers to better questions. I'm tired of the same old questions we've been asking uh, my whole life. Is it the end times? Is it this? Is it that? And no offense at all, Alan, because that is a great question. But again, I'm going to teach you how to have a better question around that today. Uh, and maybe the end times is happening every single generation. Maybe that's the point of it. Maybe the simulation always puts every generation into an end times protocol. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever asked that question? Because that's a question I want to get into. Uh, Josh says, what about uh, Project BB? I can't say that on here, but it starts with blue, ends with 
a beam. Um, so we can't talk about that here, but, um, are they going to perform fake alien invasions? I mean, they could try anything, right? Here's the deal. Um, that could only last so long. Everybody's so worried about that. Um, at a certain point, you got to see them. You got to like have contact with them, right? Nobody's going to believe that for very long. Even if you see a ship parked in the sky and it looks real. I mean, what's the, you know, what's the end game of that? That's what we have to ask ourselves. I mean, um, there's a lot of us out here, including myself, that we've known extraterrestrial entities and intelligences. They're not, they're not here to hurt humanity. They would have done that long ago yeah, if they were going to. Uh, what we know is that there's a lot of people who have contacted them, a lot of people who they have helped. Um, people, too many people out there saying they're demonic right now. I think especially within the spiritual community, we need to wake up and realize uh, that these entities are ultimately here to help us. Why would they be against us? Now, demonic energies and stuff like that, again, I separate those. Those are different from what I'm talking about, the Watcher Angels or these extraterrestrials. In fact, what we're going to look at today is that the Watcher Angels actually wanted to help humanity. And it ties directly in because where we get our book of Genesis comes directly from the Babylonian mythologies, from things like the Enuma Elish, uh, Epic of Gilgamesh, a bunch of different ancient mythologies that we just don't, we're not told about that. And we're told that this is gospel truth. This is how the world was formed. This is the true God. Uh, and you got billions of people believing that that one version of God is the true God. And there's really no evidence for that if you look beyond that at the ancient mythologies and understand that these were gods. These were entities much like ourselves, highly evolved, coming down. And what the Watchers actually are, are the Ajiji within the Sumerian mythologies. So the Ajiji look a lot like the gray aliens. Uh, from the descriptions of them and from their protocols and their jobs, okay? They've taken oaths. They literally are the worker bees of the matrix. They are keeping us in the matrix, not in a negative alien agenda way, but in a, we asked to be here. You asked to be here. You asked to be in the simulation and you asked to play the game. And so we're playing the game and they are part of the purveyors of the game. And what they didn't like about the game is that people were being exterminated within it just on a mass scale. And we've seen that through history many, many, many different times. We also have seen that every time in history that's happening or has the potential to happen, these things show up, guys. That's when you see orbs in the sky. That's when you see the UFO craft. That's when they're visiting us trying to help, okay, because that's when they are essentially documenting what's going on and some of them even step in we've seen reports of them helping um there's some really interesting things that they've you know triggered within uh military protocols and stuff uh there's like a old missile silo that i heard about um on a discovery channel one time um where you know they were uh, trying to like refurb this missile silo and these things kept showing up and shutting things down and just very interesting. Like, I think that they actually do care about humanity. And I think anyone that feels like they're demonic needs to get to know them, needs to ask yourself, like, why do I feel that way? Is it because they don't show the same type of love that I've been taught? Is it because they're super pragmatic? Is it because maybe they are biological AI uh, program to do a job and they do think on their own and they do decide, hey, humanity needs a chance. Well, we see that clearly with Enki. Enki was not an NGG, but he was an Anunnaki god, little G god, um, a creator, creator of humanity. Um, and he decided that his brother's plan in Lil of letting everyone perish in a flood was not a great idea, that we were worth saving. And so that's really where these stories come from that we get within the Bible. Um, and that's why it is impossible to pick up your Bible, read it, and I've got mine here, read it and under and try to understand the whole point of the message of Jesus, because you've been given a very edited version and a very appropriated version of these stories. And if we don't understand the origin of the stories, then we cannot understand the message of Jesus. That's one of the things I teach and preach here every single day. Um, I'm a big fan of the message of Jesus, big fan of the person of Jesus, big fan of what um, he came to enlighten us with. However, 
we've lost that message because we're trying to tie it and understand that somehow the sins of the watchers um, went against the one true God and the one true God is the father of Jesus and that one true God is the God of the Old Testament. That math doesn't math, if you guys know what I'm saying. Um, and I've proven that over and over. Other creators have proven that as well. Um, if you want to know more about the mythologies I'm about to talk about today, you can grab my free Anunnaki guide over on my website, cubkuker, C-U-B-K-U-K-D-R.com slash Anunnaki. It is completely free right now. If you want that, you can download it. Just jump over there. You can scan the QR code there. Begin your journey. It is an excerpt out of a much larger uh, catalog of curriculum I have created uh, for my course. I've got a course that will be released this fall uh, exclusively on the Anunnaki, um, teaching all of this very, very in-depth. So this is going to be a great place for you to jump off. You can get that free now. Start your studies. It's got a bunch of the core mythologies in it that you need to look up, you need to learn. Um, to really start to uncover this and uh, deconstruct your understanding of all of this. So salutations from Sumer. What is up, my friend? Welcome. You're in the right place then. Absolutely. Um, Jesus, son. Uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. I just wanted to say I believe the spirit within me and we are all connected energetically. Absolutely, Lynn. Absolutely. Um, Moonbeam says getting curiosity back in the minds of all. I hope so. I certainly hope so. So you guys go grab my free Anunnaki guide. I'll leave that up on the screen for a minute. That's a great place for you to start. Um, okay. So getting into this this morning, we're going to dig, we're going to dig deep in here. So, uh, Leroy says, uh, if they were against us, we would be gone by now. Exactly. My friend, they do say that ETs are responsible for the destruction of Atlantis, uh, cause they would have become a danger, not only to themselves and the earth, but the whole universe. And so here's how that ties in too. like, we have to remember that Enki was, you know, he was stationed out in basically a water base. What would that water base be? Uh, why was he the God that came from the sea? Most likely Enki was Lord of Atlantis, uh, Lord of this, you know, earlier civilization with a lot of technology that was, in fact, covered in water after the Great Flood or what is called the Younger Dryas, uh, which is the scientific term for the global flood that more and more scientists are um, agreeing upon that it actually did happen. And it may have even, if you study Graham Hancock's uh, work, Maybe even happened within a matter of days uh, to carve out the canyons and stuff. So very alternative theory. So, you know, believe that at your own risk. Do your own research. But um, if you've ever taken water and poured it on um, like a, uh, a dirt table and you watch it run down the table and it literally will carve out. Think about if you did like a, an amazing amount of water, it could carve out a lot of these canyons and stuff and start them in the erosion process that then completed over thousands of years. Uh, but it could certainly get it started in the right direction, right? So uh, the gates have been open, the doors are wide open, and we are being pulled uh, up to, uh, I'm not sure what that means, Josh, but... Uh, Welcome, my friend. Uh, expound upon that, please. I would love to hear your uh, your message. So, uh, Anthony says, uh, maybe it's not a fake alien invasion, but rather a fake return since the kingdom is already among us. Man, Anthony, brother, I think you're on the right track, my friend. Um, that's really what I'm vibing on. Um, you know, every culture has the return of their gods. Uh, including the book of Revelation, which clearly has uh, some sort of spacecraft called the New Jerusalem descending out of the heavens, hovering literally over Jerusalem, uh, bringing the kingdom. And so we don't know what that looks like. Um, I tend to think that if all the stories in the Bible about Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection, him actually ascending up into the clouds with the prophets, if those are literal, then he clearly has to be of a higher order, probably the order of Enki, something like that, coming from one of these Anunnaki civilizations, the Palladians, or some of the light-working civilizations. Um, that I mean, he almost has to be, right? Now, if, if none of that happened and it was made up or 
it's esoteric, meaning, you know, it was the meditation thing, it's within, um, then, you know, then I don't know that we have to focus so much on that. And then the second coming, all of that stuff out of Revelation would be, um, you know, it would have to be faked ultimately. So, and that's where I'm very skeptical of the book of Revelation because it's been used my entire life against me to keep me in fear, keep me in anxiety and keep me looking up instead of uh, what's in front of me and what's within me. And so ultimately that's been the biggest hoax in humanity, I think, is the book of Revelation keeping so many people uh, in fear and uh, looking for Jesus to come again instead of bearing Christ within you, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's become this thing that we're looking for an alien Christ to come ultimately. So Matt says, yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay. Yeah. Tara edits do message me please. Uh, cause I, I, again, I forget, um, the other day we had a contest the other day, a bunch of people won my book for free. Um, if you did win my book, be sure and message me so I don't forget. Only a couple of people message me out of all the winners. So definitely message me. Uh, six minutes behind, Madison says, catching up. Well, welcome. Uh, let's see. Josh says, just a theory uh, at this point to prevent an extinction level event. The shift is being sped up. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are shifting. By the way, anyone hear about Bob Barker? Like, let's throw that out there. Swear that news happened years ago. Like I, I, I thought he was already passed away. I remember watching the show. In fact, I play it every day for my dogs. And I remember just thinking what a, what a nice man he was like, you know, he was like part of my childhood and, and there was no question in my mind that he had already passed away. Cause I swear we had already had that news like maybe 2018 or something like that. 2019, like pre 2020, really weird. So you talk about timeline shifting and Mandela effects and stuff, guys. I don't think this is cognitive dissonance. I think this is, there's something weird going on. And I think that the questions we're going to ask today are going to make you question reality even more. So, uh, Czar says, uh, trying to catch up. Do I believe that the recent alien visitations are ancient Anunnaki visiting us or that they are ultimately benevolent? So, Anunnaki, again, are not one race. They are reptilian, draconian. They are Palladian. They are a bunch of different civilizations that were living on an outer base or an outer planet or an outer ship called Nibiru. Um, we don't know if it's still there. A lot of the prophecies say that it will come back around. Part of the reason for the flood was it came too close to Earth, uh, which was another reason why a lot of the gods had to leave because the earth was going to be flooded out. And so all their bases and stuff were being flooded out. Uh, Esther, how are you, my friend? Welcome. I haven't heard from you in a long time. Welcome, my friend. Uh, Ashley, what is up? Ashley says, totally agree with that. A lot of people have traded one religion for an alien worshiping religion. Exactly. Still thinking power is outside of themselves. Ding, 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 Ashley. Uh, there's no prizes today, but you know, you're on point, my friend. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, so here's where I'm going with this to answer that question. Um, yes, I think what has been showing up recently and what has been showing up in the forties when we were at WAR, right? Um, I think they are what are called the watchers. They're the Ajiji or the grays. Okay. They have smaller ships. They look like a wheel inside a wheel. They dwell in or travel in what is called an Ophanim, which is an angel in the Bible. That is not actually an angel. That is a spacecraft, a, a multidimensional device for traveling. But you got to understand that the prophets of old, when Ezekiel saw the Ophanim by the Kabar River, way back when, back in Bible times, back in the ancient times, he had no idea what a celestial chariot was. He had no idea. He thought it was alive because it had eyes on it flashing all the way around it. Now, we've taken that, especially if you go into the psychedelic realms, you understand that there are beings like that. Was he tripping out? Did he actually see something? There's multiple levels to this. 
not only when you see a craft like this up close do you see it but a lot of the reports are that you see other things other entities around it you have visions you have downloads you have voices in your head lots of weird stuff happening so um to try to separate them all is in my opinion ignorant they they go together and so we have to take them as they go together so i better start burning through the material i have prepped for today um so introduction for today is the ancient biblical texts are enigmatic uh have an enigmatic concept of the watchers and they unveil a mystical layer of spirituality these enigmatic beings are mentioned in various ancient texts like the book of enoch igniting conversations about their profound spiritual significance so seven characteristics of the biblical watchers that's the whole point of today's episode i want to get you to rethink the watchers they are maybe one of the most important characters within the biblical Enochian um, canon of scripture that we need to pay attention to so you can understand the nature of reality. Because if you don't understand the nature of your reality, you cannot find your true identity. Number one, divine observers. The watchers are often depicted as celestial beings entrusted with observing humanity's actions from the heavens. Their role reflects the divine awareness that oversees both the physical and metaphysical realms. So again, they're watching. They're always watching, right? What is that? Monsters, Inc. Um, so they're watching, and that's that's a very important thing. Um, Enoch 15, 3 through 5 says, Wherefore have ye left the high, holy, and eternal heaven, and lain with women, and defiled yourselves with the daughters of men, and taken yourselves wives? and done like the children of earth and begotten giants as your sons originally that word is not um, an actual large person it is uh, a men of giant stature it is the demigods this is where we get demigods from guys uh, they're not big ugly giants like these are uh things like hercules like you got to understand it's a hybriding of the god's genetics and the genetics of uh what was created from monkey and anunnaki right and so you're getting with a bunch of different genomes mixed together here april says hmm yeah exactly exactly and this gets weirder guys again i'm it's all in the text but you need to understand some other texts to understand these texts if you're just reading the book of enoch to supplement your bible studies you're going to end up with limited data and you need more data and you need stable data. Stable data goes way back to Sumer, way back to Babylon. You need to understand what their gods were because that, that gives you the gnosis of where you came from. The whole concept of created in the image of one singular God is not a thing, by the way. It's, it's not a thing. Uh, the ancient texts, including the book of Genesis, we are created in the image of Elohim, which is plural, the gods, the little g gods. They terraformed, they created a garden of Eden in the Akkadian. Eden was a breeding farm. It was a base camp for the workers they were breeding to go mine gold for them and resources. That's literally where you're getting Genesis from. And you've got millions of people and this is nothing against Christianity, but you got millions of people as Christians that identify as I'm made in the image of God. And where they're getting those verses is literally coming from made in the image of the Elohim. And that has been replaced with the word God. Your, your book, your Bible that you read, most likely you go to Bible study and you read a Bible like this. And it most likely is going to say God in the image of God. But if you go and look at the original Hebrew, it is Elohim. And Elohim, you can look it up. It is most likely plural in most cases. Occasionally, it is capitalized and it's talking about the supreme God. But it's still talking about a supreme God of many, most likely King Anu or Enlil or Marduk, who decided they were the ones in charge. And so depending on what culture that was coming out of, that God was their highest God because it was the one that gave them the most resources and gave them the most um, chance at survival. That's where we're getting all of this stuff, guys. So, so who is God then outside of all of this? 
Well, Jesus gave us some really, really simple clues. The kingdom of God is within you, first and foremost. So if the kingdom of God is within you, where would you look for God? You would look for God within you. I and the Father are one. Okay, if he and the Father are one, and we are one with him, where would we, how does that work? Because we're one being, okay? So that means God is literally a part of you. What is the actual Trinity, the original Trinity, and even the one that Jesus hinted at himself, though it has been edited, but he talked about Sophia, which is wisdom, feminine, feminine energy, okay? Father, masculine, power energy, wisdom and power together. So that is quantum energy, quantum wave to know where to send that energy, right? How to bear that energy, how to birth that energy and particle, which is the child, the son, the son of God is the particle in quantum physics. Okay. Why does this matter? Because Jesus was teaching metaphysical spirituality coming out of ancient traditions of meditation, yoga, mindset, going within yourself, using spiritual technology already built into your body to transcend the biological AI that's already meant to disrupt your chakric system, which is an antenna directly to the consciousness of God. That's how all this ties together, guys. It's, it's a wild trip. It is not easy to figure out because you're not going to understand it by sitting in church. You're not going to understand it by doing biblical studies. You're not going to understand it by just looking at mythological studies. How do you figure this out? You have to ask for it. You have to literally ask and you have to be willing to give up whatever it means to find truth. You have to be so uh, tenacious to find truth in your life that that's what matters. That's what matters most. And I finally did that in 2020 and got down on my knees um, and and asked for it. And I've, I've literally had to give up every, I don't think I have anything left from my timeline in 2020. Very few things, uh, very few things within me and very few things around me. I think my desks are left over. Um, yeah. So there you go. Like that's, that's about it. Um, is this about a sacrifice? No, but it is about your heart condition saying the most important thing to me is finding truth. What's up, Melissa? How are you doing? My friend, uh, preaching some hard truth, but people are becoming more receptive every day. Doug says, thank you, Doug. Appreciate you, my friend. God bless you. Um, and welcome, Melissa. Really glad you're here, my friend. Um, Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh, Ashley says there's a family who came into work yesterday and the shortest one was literally seven foot tall. I'm still not over it. They were certainly giant uh, to my short self. Yeah, absolutely. But they weren't like 30 foot tall like some people. You always see those videos. It's like giant unearthed in Africa and you, the person's this big and then the, the giant guys, that's all clickbait. Don't, you know, don't believe that stuff. Um what what it is though is you know especially like my family i'm six foot three almost six foot four now the older i get i am going down a little bit um but like my family line the kook cars i come from kook car with an a with an umlaut over the top um and so kooker comes from kook car we are from an ancient ancient tribe right out in the middle of icy icy germany um and so in ancient times, we would have done uh, things like pagan magic, uh, Nordic rituals, and you're talking a lot of uh, very large, heavy set, um, very tall warriors. Uh, and that's that's what I come from. Uh, incidentally, I'm a pacifist. So there you go. Uh, but it's very interesting. So April says your timeline in 2020. Yeah. So um, if you're not familiar with timeline jumping, it's not as wild as it sounds. Basically, every decision you make is feeding an algorithm that is running in the background of your life. Uh, nothing around you is real. Everything is happening through you. You are deciding where to move your chess piece on the board. Uh, you are in one timeline right now. Just by adopting the idea that you can shift timelines, you have shifted a timeline. And so multiverse theory states that there are um, an infinite amount of Aprils. There are an infinite amount of Josh's, an infinite amount of Ashley's, an infinite amount of Cubs. And then when you get into uh, the deeper understanding of what Jesus was actually teaching, you understand that there's literally no difference between us. We're all just biological pieces of the same super soul. 
so it's not your soul is saved and my soul isn't. It's everyone's saved or no one's saved. That's the end game. That's the end game. And that's what they don't tell you in church. So they don't tell you out in the world. That's what they don't, don't tell you. But it is hidden. The truth is hidden in movies, television, books. Um, universal salvation or bust, basically. Uh, and that's personally what I believe. That's why everyone has to wake up. Because you're me. And I've got to wake myself up every day. I don't wake up in the morning in complete gnosis of the fact that this is a simulation. Um, it's like everything gets wiped every night. Things get updated and, and my memory gets wiped every night. I'll remember it when I go to bed and I'm like, man, reality's weird, you know, um, and I can, you can make things happen and it's almost like magic, right? It's called quantum magic because you realize that you have authority over the quantum realm to create light into anything you want. Um, but then I wake up in the morning and I have to remind myself, right? So, and um, getting back into this, you know, these grays, they a lot of times talk to people in their sleep, in their dreams. And people think, oh, they're demonic or whatever. Well, it's, they're not necessarily demonic, but it might feel demonic if you're leaving this fake artificial world that you've created for yourself, that you, you sense the sensations of love, you feel love here. Uh, but you don't even know what it really is, right? Like you can't even put your finger on what love really is because you've never experienced pure love. And then when you contact a being like a watcher and a Gigi or a gray alien, you immediately assume they're demonic because it's not your version of love when really they're doing their job and they might be doing the thing that is love for their culture, for their uh, version of creation to maintain the matrix because you asked for it. Because the son of God, you, the child of God, asked to come into the sim simulation uh, to experience this. Whether it was for fun or for a defeating purpose of an enemy that was somehow created through creation, um, that's up to you to decide. Do you need an enemy or are you here to have fun? What's your choice? And even if you have enemies within the matrix, you know, how do you have fun with that, right? Madison says hell on earth was literal. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's where you don't realize that we are on H-E double toothpick already. Like it's, it's what you make of it here. Um, it's not an automatically beautiful reality here. You have to create that reality and you're all, and it's, it's, it's base state with the world and the control and the powers that be is always going to be some sort of dystopian reality, right? So every day we have to create against that. One of my favorite spiritual concepts is the idea of creating against something. Um, there's the ver you, you have war, right? Where you're going to fight against something. I create against. That's what I do. Uh, so I create against the darkness within me. I create against scarcity in my life. I create against ignorance in my life. And I do that by going live here too. So, um, Let's see. So, uh, wow, we got some good comments, guys. Oh, I could just read comments all day. So let me just burn through this. Um, so the watchers are intermediaries between realms, position between the eternal and earthly places. Watchers embody a link between the spiritual and material worlds. Their presence are, uh, their presence underscore their interconnectedness of existence. So again, they're the matrix workers. They're punching in, punching the clock they are maintaining our version of reality that's why you can see them in dreams that's why people that have near-death experiences maybe even meet these entities and they can come to you in different forms right sometimes they come to you as you need it um, but they are they have the spiritual technology to do whatever is necessary to maintain stability of the game okay Transcendent wisdom. These beings uh, possess an extraordinary understanding of the cosmos and spirituality. Their wisdom bridges the gap between human comprehension and the greater mysteries of creation. I talked about that yesterday on some of my shorter videos. They get it, guys. Um, they know the truth, right? Um, you don't yet. Or rather, you haven't remembered yet. Um, Guardians of Knowledge. Think about the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Guardians of Knowledge. The Watchers are said to have shared forbidden knowledge with humans, offering insights into arcane arts and cosmic truths. 
this exchange of knowledge symbolize, uh, symbolizes a spiritual quest for enlightenment and the pursuit of deeper truths. So that's a big, big key to all of this. Why did they enlighten humanity? Why is enlightenment such a bad thing? Because we jump over here and we look at more scriptures. God saw the wickedness of man that was on the earth and that every uh, imagination of the thoughts of his heart were evil continually. That's in Genesis 6, 5. Now, if you look at the Babylonian version of that, that is actually um, one of the gods just getting tired of the wickedness, the drunkenness, the, you know, the loudness. Literally, didn't even like that they were loud. I can't even get any sleep. Just get rid of them. You know, that was the whole point, right? And then we have a different version of it in Genesis here. Um, and then if you look at, um, Enoch 20, one through two says, and these are the names of their leaders, by the way, these leaders were judged harshly, this Supreme God in the Enochian canon, um, judged these leaders of 20, uh, very, very harshly. Uh, and you can go read them. Semelazas, uh, their reader, Archibald, Remiel. Cocobel, think about Cocopelli, like, you know, all these gods have the same type names. Timiel, Remiel, Daniel, Ezekiel, uh, Barakajal, Azazel, uh, Aramoros, Bethael, Anael, Zakiel, Samapiel, Satriel, Turiel, Jomiel, and Sariel. So I don't know I'm butchering the names, but again, these are the leaders of 20. They were judged very, very heavily and even put in chains uh, for what they did. Because again, this God did not like that they were taught natural arts. They were taught nat nature magic. They were taught medicine uh, from plants. They were taught, uh, you know, that's where we get our word pharmacia from, which again has been twisted back you got to get back to your roots. You got to get back to base primal spirituality to understand any of this. If we don't get back there, then we have no frame of reference and we're going to buy a book like this one and assume that that has the most complete version of truth. When, if you look at the canonization process and how that came to be, you begin to question everything. So, uh, back to what you feel inside Martin says, absolutely. Absolutely. My friend. Uh, it reverberates back to what your focus is. Exactly, exactly. And that's what, when I'm talking about these watchers, guys, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to experience emotions. You're supposed to play your part. But the ultimate thing you can do spiritually is to look within and realize that your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions literally define your reality. Okay? Outside of that, there's nothing that anybody can do to stop you in your quest for truth if you want it bad enough. Okay. Let me say that again. No, no watcher angel, no archon, no Satan, no uh, powers and principalities. Nothing can stop you from finding the truth if you want it bad enough. And if it becomes your life journey, once it becomes your life journey, you will find truth. Like that's, that is a written law within the algorithm of creation you seek and you will find and upon finding and you will be very disturbed but when you are disturbed you will marvel and then you will reign over the all okay that's from gospel of thomas logion 2 i believe um it's one of my favorite scriptures in all of creation because it is my life it is my journey you will never get to an understanding of any of this if you don't go through the, that stepped process laid out in Logion 2 of Gospel of Thomas, seek and you will find truth. But seeking it, understand that seeking is not just, oh, I, I would like to know truth. It's like, I have to know. This is the point of my life. I will spend my entire life trying to find truth. And it doesn't matter what the state of the world is it doesn't matter what my life is it doesn't nothing matters other than i want to seek and find truth i want to know who i am who god is who christ is i want to understand and if you seek that wholeheartedly for real and you're willing to do anything uh personally not to hurt anyone but personally to give up anything for you okay that you shouldn't even involve anyone else in this this is your journey 
if you're willing to go to bat for yourself, to give up anything, to seek and find truth, you will start to understand things that other people look at you and think that you are absolutely insane because you've asked a question that they didn't even know was a question. People may even question your sanity. They may question your wellness. I've had people do that to me many times. They may question your, uh, you know, you have a demon. You've been taken by the darkness. Why did you leave the faith? Blah, blah, blah. But what did they do to Jesus? They did much worse. So think about this. Seek and find. You will find answers. When you find them, they're going to shock you. They're going to disturb you. They may even make you throw up. I threw up when I got some answers. In fact, when I got some questions that really made sense to ask, that's when I was in the shower one day. And I really, I was like, wait, is the Old Testament God Satan? Like it just popped into my head one day for no reason. And, and I really started thinking about it. And then I thought about what Jesus was saying. And he was telling them, you're worshiping Satan. Your father is Satan. No one has stood before my father. Yet they knew in his timeline. They knew about all the gods. They knew about who they were worshiping. And he's going, no, 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 no. You don't understand the kingdom of God is within you. It doesn't come with visible signs. Yet what are we doing now? We're looking for visible signs for Jesus to return. And he already told you there's no signs. He already told you you'll do greater things than him. He already told you you would be persecuted. Nobody's looking for that. Everybody's looking to get out of here. Okay. You don't get out of here until the last person wakes up. Universal salvation or bust, guys. That's what I'm talking about here. That really is my mission here. And the watchers are really trying to help, okay? They're maintaining this reality so that we have a fair playing field, okay? Because in the spirit realms, there's no substratum. Everything's fluid and mixing. And here you have form to light and you can play the game on a playing field. You can play with a catalog of characters or the catalog of archetypes, a catalog of tulpas, a catalog of ideologies and identities and experiences. And you were incarnated as a character in this game and you need to wake up and realize who that character is and what your job is in this game. Because I guarantee you 99.9999% of people have not figured that out yet. And I'm not even claiming to be one of them. I know at least what the mechanism of my job is. I haven't realized what like higher character I am. I'm working on it. I know I'm the Raven, but I don't know all of the archetypes that's connected to 100%. But I'm working on it. Um, and you have to ask yourself too, who's my character? What's my part in this game? And how do I win? That's what you have to ask yourself because you should be winning. You should be winning financially. You should be winning in your relationships. You should be winning in helping people uncover truth in their life. And winning may not look like how the world designs winning to look like, by the way, because the you need to read the game rules on the back end. You need to ask the watchers, hey, read me back the rules again. Show me what I'm doing here. You need to ask that before you go to sleep. And they'll visit you, by the way. They'll help you. They're there to help. Some people call them spirit guides. It'd be like if you're on a table and you've got a VR headset strapped in and you're in this and you know it's so real and that's it. But then you stop and you, you close your eyes and you stop getting the feedback loop of this VR headset that's on you. And you realize there's other people in the room that you're in. And you stop and you close your eyes and you just, you ask, you ask a prayer, show me, help me, show me the rules, read me back. Um, I need more resources for my character. I need like whatever that is, those people in that room are there to help you. In fact, they have to help you. Even though they're watching, they're observing because they do love you, they have to help you because they've already been judged by one of the gods that says they can't help. And we saw that they did. We saw that we were saved by their help. 
We saw that even Jesus came and he bore the punishment of one of those gods so that we could free our minds, our hearts, and realize that ye are gods, right? So that's where I'm at with this stuff. Um, wow. And we've already gone 45 minutes here. I am running out of time to burn through this here. So guardians of knowledge, catalysts of spiritual growth, uh, though their interactions with humans, through their interactions with humans, the watchers catalyze spiritual growth by promoting introspection, self-discovery, and exploration of higher truths. Their presence challenges individuals to evolve on their spiritual journeys. Guys, this is every person who has an alien abduction, a near-death experience, um, a out-of-body experience, a visitation during the night, dream walking, anything like that where you're given messages, you're given data, you're, you're talked to, you're taken on journeys. This has been going on since the beginning of time. Um, because these entities are catalysts of spiritual growth. You can't have an experience with one of them and then just ignore it, right? You don't go back to normal everyday life after this. You're like Neo in the Matrix movies. You, you wake up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? Moonbeam says, love it, thank you. Um, Nicholas says, did Jesus himself ever state that he would die for our sins? No, he did not. That's the thing that's been a big debate on TikTok lately. And so that whole, you know, him being the sacrificial lamb for us was really a ritual that was added later, I believe, by Rome. Uh, blood rituals are, are a huge thing in dark magic. And that's really, I think, been added in a very negative way. And as we continue to state those things and do those things, Ashley mentioned the wedding ritual. and You go and you drink the cup of red wine and everything like you get into some really deep stuff that you don't quite understand, right? Um, number six, emissaries of divine justice. And I put stars on this one. In some interpretations, the watchers serve as agents of divine justice, observing human actions and determining their consequences. This underscores the concept of cosmic balance and the karmic cycle of cause and effect. Karma, by the way, is the currency you use within the spiritual game. Let me say that again. Karma is the currency you use within the spiritual game. You have got to understand karma. Karma is not what has been sold to you on television and movies. You have good karma, you have bad karma, and you need good karma. It's a currency that you're going to exchange for more energy coming into your existence within this game. The more negative karma you build, the more entrapped and in chains you are in this game because you're going to be enslaved to your thoughts and your emotions through that negative karma. So you want to build positive karma, positive karma makes you realize I need money. Boom. Manifest it. Uh, I need a new car. Boom. Manifest it. I need uh, a new relationship. Boom. Manifest it. I need a better friend. Boom. Manifest it. You're exchanging that positive karma. And this is not a thing like, Oh, I did a good thing today. I get this. This is like literally a vibration and an algorithm of how you live uh, your life. So karma and dharma, absolutely, April, absolutely. So, um, and I've gotten deeper into like all of those algorithmic systems because a lot of that's taught within Hinduism. Um, but again, for the purposes today, um, I'll just, we'll call it karma for today, just for everybody watching. So um, let's see. Okay. So emissaries of divine justice. Again, uh, it's like having uh, a referee, like they're like the referees of a game, right? You know, they blow the whistle when you need to blow the whistle. If there's a penalty, they are there for a reason, right? Reflections of human potential. The watcher's interactions with humanity mirror the latent spiritual potential uh, within each individual. Their uh, involvement emphasizes the idea that humans possess the capacity to ascend to higher levels of consciousness and divine understanding. There's even a lot of theories that they are us, right? Um, conclusion of the concept here, the concept of biblical watchers intertwined spiritually with mysticism, offering insights on nature and the universe of humanity's place within it. Uh, the celestial beings serve as bridges between the seen and unseen realms. I'm going to put that in there. Um, urging us to explore our depths of our own spirituality. It's important to note that these interpretations of the watchers vary among different texts and traditions. So these characteristics offer a collective perspective on their spiritual significance. 
That's why I say read this. Read the Enuma Elish. Read the Anunnaki mythologies. Read Epic of Gilgamesh. Read Genesis. Read Enoch. Read all the books of Enoch. Get an understanding of the entire narrative. You know, if you're just a fan of one football team and you don't watch the entire league, you have no point of reference. You're only looking at that team, even if that team maybe is cheating the entire game, right? I'm not saying that your favorite team is. I'm just saying, like, you got to understand. Yes, Eridu Genesis is one of the – definitely read the Anunnaki creation epic. Um, Eridu Genesis, absolutely. I've got that list, by the way, if you download my free Anunnaki guide. Um you're going to get uh, kind of my top nine um, in there. And then I'm going to go through and I teach in there a bunch of the different uh, characters and the archetypes, kind of what they do. So it'll give you a good basis of some of these earlier myths so you can then start to connect them. Maybe when you're reading Book of Enoch, then you go, wait a minute, that sounds a lot like Enlil that I read over here in uh, the Enuma Elish. Like, okay, that makes a lot of sense, right? So you have to get the data. You need more data and you need stable data. The, some of the most stable data we have was written in stone, literally made into clay, stamped into it and baked. And it stood the test of time. We don't have all of it, but we have a lot of it. Martin, thank you for the gifts. I really appreciate you. By the way, guys, if you love what I'm doing, you can drop gifts in here. Hearts, stars, rainbows, whatever you feel like doing. It's stars on Facebook. Um, it's not the star emoji. It's actually the little star tip. You can go give me a tip there. You can give gifts over. Thank you, guys. Thank you, uh, Alora. Appreciate you guys on uh, TikTok. The gifts help a ton. Pump up the stream. Uh, you can also give super chats on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. At any point, whether you're watching live or after the fact, still lets me know you love the video. Uh, we got a bunch of super chats the other day. That helps a ton. All of that adds up to literally how I make a living. So I'm not just here on, as a weekend warrior. I've given my entire life to this. I quit my job, my business, everything to do this thing, to create free materials for you guys to show up for free here. So the tips greatly help. We also have, I'm going to throw it up here, uh, the Cub Cooker Supernatural Patron Tribe. If you love what I'm doing and you want to go much, much deeper with us, we got uh, three different tiers launching tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll be back to three tiers I've had a lot of requests this summer to go back to that. So starting at $9 a month, $9, $19, and $39 a month, you'll be able to get different tiers of value within our patron tribe. Starting at $9, you get access to our community. You're going to get access to our chats that go on all the time. We have our social feed, which is off of social media. It's on my own platform. You can log in over there, have private conversations with everybody in our community. Um, and just get access to that group as well as myself within that group. Um, you also get access to our, our private Facebook group through that tier. Then on the second tier, the $19 a month, you're going to add our meetups on the weekend. We have an actual co-mentor program where we get to talk back and forth with each other and get on Zoom-style video calls every single Saturday. We have those calls, and that's a great place. There's also community-driven meetups with that where you can co-mentor uh, with each other. Everybody's exploring their gifts, exploring these truths. It's a great, great place to start. And then on the top tier, uh, you're going to get all of that plus access to over 500 private video teachings that are in my academy. So you can get access to our full academy over there, as well as, as I upload them, the Anunnaki lessons that are going to be going in there as a part of a completely separate series, but it will be included in the $39 a month one. So you can scan that code, jump on over to cubcooker.com, www.cubcooker.com. Look at the options there. Like I said, they'll be more open on Monday, August 28th. So don't miss out. Go into the fall with support. You need support. I want to help support you. Um, I'm not here to tell you how to do things. I'm not here to be a counselor for you or a psychologist or psychiatrist or some sort of prophet or guru, but I am here to give you my best effort to give you access to an awesome community, to stable data, to get you to ask better questions and ultimately help support you on your journey in the best way that I can within the community. So please consider joining that. That directly supports what I'm doing, helps me show up here with more content every day. 
and also go grab the free Anunnaki guide, cubcooker.com slash Anunnaki. I'm going to take a few more questions here before I jump off. Uh, you guys are having some great conversations, by the way. Love, love, love the conversations. So, um, Emily Rose says, I was recently told that uh, in the event that we must contact with a being, that we must require them to declare the existence of Jesus in the flesh on earth in order to confirm that they are malevolent of love or peace. Uh, I don't see any... I don't see any um, reason for that, Emily. That's a really popular churchianity thing to say. Um, because I don't have any proof of Jesus in the flesh. We're 2,000 years removed from that. I mean, if he was in the flesh, that's great. The stories make sense. If it's all an esoteric representation of your journey as the self, then why, why do you have to have an entity confirm some flesh sacrifice right um and in fact that borders on keeping you in the matrix keeping you trapped in the dream right so i really want to you know i'm not here to discount jesus um in whatever version you need to take him um that's not my motivation here i, I don't want to lead anybody astray but again, nobody has proof other than other people's opinions in a book that has been clearly twisted throughout history, clearly used for blood magic, clearly used for control, political, religious, economic control. Um, and it's literally, guys, you can go look it up. Christianity is literally the largest religion on the planet now. And yet every Christian still says they're persecuted and nobody believes in Jesus and blah, blah, blah. Yet it's it's completely opposite. It's taken over um, somehow is the most popular thing. It's in every movie, television. It's all over the place. Whether they're making fun of it or corroborating it, it doesn't matter. It's still one of the largest narratives going on in the entire world. So that's one thing you need to be aware of. Um, how do you know an entity uh, ask, look for the fruit? You know, what what do they do? Do they help you? Do they show up with what you asked for? Do they show up in love and light? That doesn't mean that you're not afraid of them because every angel in the Bible, people were afraid of. Do not be afraid, right? And if you just show up as a, you know, attractive looking Greco-Roman uh, man or woman, right? You know, you don't have to say that. They're just like, oh, hey, what's up, neighbor? You know, so clearly they were showing up in a form that, you know, while it was easier to digest, it was still, hey, don't be afraid. There was still a feeling. There's still a sense of dread, something that came with it. And why is that? Because when you rip off the cosmos, the cosmology of um, our reality here, you're given a view into this really not very pretty back end coding section of the matrix uh, if you've watched the matrix movies you know he wakes up in this like bile pit of you know this pod type thing uh well that's kind of where the watchers dwell it, it's not a pretty reality that they live in but it's it's all of the coding basically to 3d print this flesh and to continue this matrix that's happening so think about that when you if you meet an entity um, you know, I think that, you know, ultimately, like I've, I've had experience with some entities that I thought were demonic at first. I thought were trying to harm me. Then I realized they were trying to warn me and get me to pray against something, do the magic against it, invoke my rights against it and shift timelines. And so that's a much different thing. You need discernment. That's why discernment's important. Discernment should never come from fear. If you have fear for something you need to ask why and if you're believing on something because well i'm afraid what if it, it what if it's not of jesus or whatever why do you even have fear of that if you're really in christ be in christ if you're really in christ become christ and then you have authority over all things right so that's really where i'm going with my message here uh, and it's not for everyone i understand that but ultimately it is and it will at some point the end game is it will be for everyone everyone will believe more in the direction of what I'm talking about. I'm not claiming to have the, the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but I do believe more people will wake up and realize they are Christ. They will wake up and realize that nothing else is real. They are the singular being. They are the super soul. They are what we consider God. They are who we go to. We go to our higher self, our God within, 
And then we manifest the gods that we need out of that I am substratum within us, which is the quantum creative force within us. Our father is power. Our mother is the wave, intention, direction. And we are the particle. We are the manifestation of that. And so we have access to the father and the mother to then create more particles in this reality. That's what we should be thinking more about and less about was Jesus in the flesh or not? And so, again, that's a message that's a very non-church message. A lot of people call me heretical, blasphemous, whatever for that. But I show up in love and I show up telling you the fruit that we do with this community, the people who have been set free, who have been loved into a place of understanding, who've been accepted, who would not be accepted anywhere else. The fruit of this community with the Cub Cooper Supernatural community, our tribe here, our fruit is good ultimately it's not perfect but it is good and um i've been a part of a lot of other traditions and churchianity and religiosity that that fruit ain't good and even though the words might sound nice to keep you from you know fear of he double toothpick the fruit isn't there and so i have to look at where the fruit is and even if the fruit is somewhere where i'm showing up saying i don't know if jesus walked in the flesh I can't know, okay? You can have faith in something and you can create it into your reality and make that true for your reality, but you still have zero proof that he actually walked. There's even this whole thing now where uh, they, like archeologists can't even find where there was an Exodus, like where there were Hebrew people living uh, where the Bible says they were and this Exodus actually happened. That lends to the whole esoteric side of the Old Testament and the whole idea that that was culturally adopted from the earlier mythologies of the Sumerian mythologies. And if you go back, then you can find more evidence on the different peoples and early or the princely bloodlines. There's a camp that believes the word Anunnaki means princely bloodline, and there's a camp that means it believe that believes it means those from heaven to earth came. So I lend myself into both camps, honestly. So. Um, I don't know. I hope that makes sense. I know this is a lot of information uh, and I'm not here to like flex my information muscles, but I'm trying to answer questions. I'm trying to do better when I show up on the lives to really answer y'all's questions and let these podcasts go where they need to go. Uh, because ultimately I'm here to serve you guys. That's why I do what I do. That's why I offer the community, our tribe, our memberships. That's why I offer the freebies. Everything I do is ultimately to serve so that you go Man, there's this guy cub and the things he said i can't get out of my head and now i have more questions than answers but guys i promise you it's the most beautiful journey that you'll ever go on in your life in fact it's the point of your life you need to wake up you have to wake up you have to ask these questions what kind of god would send you to he double toothpick because you asked did jesus actually walk the earth where's the proof of that does did i actually fall into original sin why why would i agree to that like you know um did eve actually sin because of eating of an apple no that came from the earlier mythologies in samaria where the serpent the shining one uh was basically lord anki going you don't understand this god is keeping you trapped here and if you just get this knowledge and you understand what i'm talking about your eyes will be open and you'll be like your God because your God made you and you have the same genetics, the same potential and the same birthright, by the way. And that birthright is not to work until you are unalived at 120 years, which one of those gods literally put a kink in our genetics, according to, by the way, your Bible says that God shortened their years to 130. Why? because we're meant to be farmed. We're meant to have turnover. We're meant to, once we wear out, why leave resources for us, right? That's the big kicker there. So we have to understand all of that. So, and again, this goes deeper into more of my theories of oneness. And I'm not talking about oneness as, oh, we're all one. I'm talking about oneness as there is only one. There is only one. And the game is one by the one. And you are the one. So that goes even deeper into that. And if you've read things like A Course in Miracles or you've dug, dug really deep into like 
core philosophies from like ancient Hinduism before you had a huge pantheon of gods. Um, the idea that the self is the son of God, that's a different, different path too. So anyway, I, I offer a lot of different options here, but, um, anyway, yeah, we got a lot of questions and feedback and I love it guys. I love it. I do need to jump off. Uh, I've got a retirement party to go to today for a friend, so I'm going to be doing that this afternoon. But I did want to tell everyone I love you. Happy Sunday. Go download the free Anunnaki guide. Uh, we've had a ton of people download that, so go grab one for yourself. It's a simple PDF. You can print it out, keep it on your phone. It's going to give you a lot of resources and a lot of guidance as to who all the characters are and what some of these early mythologies are actually about and what you can look up. You can actually copy and paste I give you a tool in there where you can go and paste them in and read the original text as well. So go check it out. Emily says, thank you for everything, Cub, that you share. You bet, my friend. Greg, thank you. Marco, thank you. April, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Um, who else do we have on? Melissa. Thank you, Ashley. Melissa. Uh, Martin was on earlier. Josh, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, my friend. Esther, thank you for being here again. I didn't get to all the comments today. My sincere apologies, but uh, this was a good, this was a bump in live this morning. So I love it. Thank you guys. Please share this, by the way. Um, you guys sharing this with your friends and family, sharing my short videos, stuff like that, does a ton to help me grow, you know? And don't just share it, say something about it. Say why you like me, why you like me as a creator or what I shared that helped enlighten you. That way your friends and family know why you're sharing it. It's not just a random video sitting on your social feed. Uh, you know, it's something relevant like, hey, I like this guy because he dot, dot, dot. That way people know the context. People trust you a lot more when they know the context text of why you're sharing a video or something. So blessings, Melissa. Thank you. Shalom from India, my friend. Shalom. Namaste. God bless you. Appreciate you. Uh, Marco, Germany is listening. Thank you, my friend. That is awesome. We literally have a global community here, guys. It is it is fantastic. So Mel says, just came to me why God would shorten lifespan so we could grow our spirit faster. If we live 900 years, we wouldn't experience life's many alternative challenges. But that's a good that's a good point of view. I like that. Um, again, within the Sumerian mythology, it was really just because they didn't want to support people after they got to be what would be considered an elder um, after a couple of hundred years. There's a lot more wisdom and a lot more ability to wake up. So they shortened it so that they can basically keep using us for labor. And then we would naturally, our biologic AI would naturally encode itself to start expiring through all the diseases that we have. So uh, that's when Jesus talks about, you know, realizing faith. If you only had faith, then, you know, dot, dot, dot. I don't want to say that on here because that stuff gets you that gets you in trouble. But, um, but yeah, faith is a very important thing. So, uh, love to all blessings, souls. Beautiful. Thank you, my friend, uh, Ashley, uh, Shelly says, good afternoon, Cub and tribe. Uh, what a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. I'm trying to get back to Sundays again. So, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, I am going to have a weird chopped up week. I've got family in town and stuff. So just for my community, I'm going to do my best to stream um once maybe twice a day this week depending on schedules but i'm gonna come at it i'm gonna keep going so um and i'll be uh, i am gonna be doing a little bit of uh on the road streams this week too so hopefully that'll go well and i have good service for that so anyway i love you guys so much thank you scott thanks for being here y'all have a beautiful day god bless you namaste don't forget grab the pdf please consider joining our tribe uh the third option will be available tomorrow Love you guys. Y'all have a beautiful day. God bless.